Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here with us for worship today. Uh, we're excited to hear our youth handbells and others lead in worship today. Um, we're glad that you've chosen to worship with us. The flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are placed in memory of Ted Daves and his November 22nd birthday. These flowers are placed by Anna, Ben, Cara, Doug, and Bella. And we want to certainly continue to remember them in prayer this week um, and for the next several weeks and um, a long time away from now as well. The Boy Scouts collected 1,600, is that right? 1,600 pounds of food. That's a lot of food. Um, and so uh, you can give until next Sunday. Um, and so you can give canned foods um, until next Sunday. Um, but they have done a very good job there and that will continue until next week. So thanks, Ellen. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us for worship today. invite you to listen to these words from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Our hymn of praise is number 372. 372, if you are able, please stand and join and sing.
invite the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. When you came in this morning, Pastor Keith and Hannah and every other people were handing out little bags of corn. And everybody wants to know what the corn's for. Well, I'm going to up Keith one. I'm going to give you candy corn. So you actually can eat my corn, but not yet, okay? So I'm going to hand you some because we're talking about being thankful. And corn represents something that many years ago, when we first started Thanksgiving, was something that they had. So when you get my first ear of corn, I want you to be thankful for the fact that God loves you with all his heart and with all his soul, and he wraps your arms, his arms around you every day. The second ear of corn comes to ask God to protect you, to provide for you and give you what you need every day. Because as we're going into the Thanksgiving season and then we're following into the Christmas season, we are blessed more than we ever realize until we understand what others don't have. Your third corn is for you and Rylan and all your friends. You need to be thankful that you have them because they are your strength when you need to go to someone. They are the ones you call on. They are the ones that you laugh with and cry with. Sometimes they're the ones you pray with. Yesterday when Rylan and Olivia were here with me dancing around the fellowship hall, they were beginning a new friendship. And we do that a lot of times. And we never know when we might need them. Your fourth kernel comes from where you are right now, church, where you are free to come and worship, where we have learned to walk in faith and where we have learned to know that God is our strength and he will give us what we need. And our last corn is to thank God for listening and answering our prayers and being with us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for Rylan and Lila and for all our children. We thank you for this church, for the strength that it gives each other. Lord, as each of us in our own way, in our own time, with our own families, sit down this week to celebrate Thanksgiving. Thank you that we are able to worship and pray and have you in our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Some people would be anxious about getting up here. It's always a pleasure for me because I get to see all of you. This Sunday, we are emphasizing the work we do through the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Their brochure, You Can Change the World, is available and many of you have already received one. We'd like to show you a video about, uh, about a nurse. We have some nurses in our congregation. Raise your hands. Nurses are special. And, <laughs> this nurse went to Haiti on a mission trip she tells about her work and how she felt called to come back to Haiti. There is an offering envelope in your in uh, the pews that each of you can use.
to further the efforts of the Cooperative Badges Fellowship, we're going to see the video at this time. Thank you. When I met Santaman, he was sitting in front of this stick and cloth house that they had sort of woven and tied together. And so we started praying about how do we help this guy. And there was a church in Georgia that contacted CBF and said, we really want to help build a house for someone. Do you have anybody that we could connect with? Thank you, Shirley. And as we continue on over these next several weeks throughout the not only Thanksgiving, Christmas season here very soon, we encourage you to think and pray about what you can give and um, how you can, again, pray for these missionaries. And also, um, we will be educating ourselves and learning more about God's work in the world. And we are grateful for our partners at CBF and the IMB who continue to share and to go and share, to share the love of Christ in tangible ways, both through actions and through their words. Uh, yesterday morning, I received with our, uh, was with our men. We had a wonderful men's retreat this last weekend and a group of about 15 men went away and we were grateful for that time of learning and growth and fellowship together. But Saturday morning on the trip, I received a call from Carillon that informed me that Thurlin Osborne had passed away. Um, this was sudden. Thurlin had, had been declining in health but it was a sudden uh, news to hear this yesterday. And uh, talking with Sherman, he is there this morning assisting with his um, belongings and then meeting with the funeral home at Cecil Burton this afternoon. But a funeral for Thurlin will be on Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock here at Boiling Springs. And we grieve with his extended family in Kentucky. Be in prayer for them as they're traveling now and uh, for our church family. He meant so much to so many here, was such a stalwart and uh, just a pillar of, of faith and presence not only here, but also uh, years ago at our, in, our, in the Garden Web community. And so we uh, grieve Thurland's loss today and be in prayer for all those involved at this time. We do want to continue to pray for Carolyn Hamrick. She is at home under hospice care, and we want to be mindful of her in our thoughts and prayers. And I um, want to give you an opportunity before I pray this morning. Uh, we, many of you have experienced the busyness already, I say, of season, maybe not so much of the Christmas season, but just of work and, and of life and family. And it's good to gather as God's people this morning and to pause. And I would encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, to pause and give thanks. Um, and so I want to give you a moment to do that in your prayer time, and then I will lead us in a prayer this morning. Let's pause for prayer. God, this morning we ask that you accept our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. As we think about creation, we give you thanks for the beauty of your world, for the wonder of life and the mystery of love, we give you thanks. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word, the example of his life, his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to life of your kingdom Grant us the gift of your spirit that we may know him and make him known and through him at all times and in all places may give thanks to you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn is number 61, We Gather Together. 61, if you are able, please stand and join in singing.
just for anybody that doesn't know, I'm Ashley Russ, and this is my husband, Wesley, and our youngest daughter, Charlotte. <laughs> yes, we are thankful for four beautiful children, family, friends, and a loving church. And most of all, we're the most thankful for a forgiving God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day that you have made. I thank, for, I thank you for my life and the lives of my loved ones. I thank you, Father, for your presence in my life, for the confidence I have in you and the plans you have for me. I thank you for the immeasurable amount of love that you have for me and how comforting it is to know that your spirit is always with me. I thank you, Lord, for all the big and small wins that I attain daily by the strength of your spirit. Thank you for the things in my life that I take for granted sometimes. I thank you for a roof over my head, food to eat, and clothes to wear. I recognize that these things are all a gift from you, and I'm forever grateful. May I develop an attitude of thanks in all circumstances. I pray that I'll continue to remember that all things work together for good. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Candy and the Handbell Choir. Uh, I couldn't see the crowd on this side, but the crowd on this side, it looked like maybe Heidi and June almost would need to get out of the way. Jacob was kind of rocking on the bells back there. Uh, I thought he was going to break out and dancing, but uh, wonderful. Thank you for leading us this morning. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And as you turn there, uh, the words will also be on the screen. But uh, as you turn there, before I read, I want to bring attention to the seeds. Many of you should have received a packet of seeds. And if you did not, what we'll do in a moment is we'll make them available down here. Or um, Ellen, would you mind just walking around? Just there's more up here if you need them. 
So if you did not receive any of the seeds, uh, just raise your hand and Ellen will be sure to give you some. Uh, and as you might think, a pastor's passing out five seeds, he's got a sermon and five points, and that's not the case. It's not the case. It's not a five-point sermon with the five seeds that you have, but I want to encourage you to think about something. At the end of the service, you will have an opportunity as an offering to God to, to take one seed and to, to come to the altar and to place it in a bowl and that seed would represent something that you were thankful for or someone that you were thankful for since last Thanksgiving. Something that has happened in your life or maybe someone that uh, you were thankful for that has been, for whatever reason, this past year, something of significance that has taken place in your life and life of a family member, something that you're thankful for. And that seed, you would offer a, a prayer of thanks as you walk down and place that uh, in the bowl uh, during the hymn of commitment. The other four, you'll receive some instructions about during the sermon this morning. But um, if you need some of those, just, just raise your hand there for Ellen. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through seven. Paul writes, first of all, then I urge that supplications prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone, all, to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word this morning.
Thank you, choir, candy, and accompanist. Last week, we began our mission's emphasis. And each Sunday, when you come over the next several weeks, you will hear testimony about missionaries that work with the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And some Sundays, you'll hear testimonies of those who serve with the IMB, the International Mission Board. And uh, we, ex- we are excited about this. We started early because we want to emphasize missions. We believe in missions. We're a church of missions. We want to encourage you to not only give to missions, but to pray for these missionaries. And then each week we will be learning and educating ourselves about their work throughout the world. And uh, so we look forward to that. But last week, if you'll remember, I talked about the fact that many began listening to Christmas music on November 1st. That's when 98.9, I was slipping through the stations and I heard Christmas music. And then later, I forgot to mention this last week, but later I heard that Alan, like two weeks ago, Alan and Mary had like put up their tree. Uh, Heather Voles, Heather and Russell had put up their tree. Raise your hand if you got your tree up already. Look at this. What? My goodness. It's not Thanksgiving yet. Um, But I have you know, what may have been um, communicated as criticism last week towards those who were listening to Christmas music already. This was a few weeks ago now. It's not only last Sunday, but even before then. What may have come across as criticism, uh, things come back around to get you, Right. And this week, what I'm telling you is the truth. And you can go out to my car after the service and I will verify it. But my radio station on Tuesday night got stuck on (laughs) 98.9. I'm not lying to you. I will show you out there. The only thing I can do to uh, not listen to Christmas music is to hit the off button. That does work. But all the other buttons, it's an older car and an older CD player. And it's a digital face on the CD player. And so for whatever reason, the only button that works is the off button. So I can occasionally put in a CD and that will work sometimes, but not all the time. But the radio station is stuck on 98.9. And so I don't know if that's something to get me back for what, something I said last week or not. I don't know. But um, some, some may ask, you know, we've got we've to, we need to pay attention to Thanksgiving. We don't need to ignore Thanksgiving. I think there's a rush among all of us with the divisiveness that exists within our culture today and the divisions and the issues we have with guns and violence and race and all these different things. There's something that's, we're just, I think, I don't think last year all of you would have raised your hands. I don't know. But I think there's something that's wanting us to get to the Christmas, wanting us to get to the goodwill toward, toward men. You know, there's, we're just, we're longing for that. But we can't ignore Thanksgiving. And so that's where we find ourselves today. I proposed last Wednesday and would again today that there could be some viable uh, clout or, or depth to an argument about maybe putting a freeze or a hold on Thanksgiving, you know, until we clear up some of these things. But I think we all know we shouldn't do that. And we have, we, and you know, we, we shouldn't go down that, that route uh, to put a freeze on Thanksgiving. But we need to give thanks. We need to give thanks individually. We need to give thanks among family. We will be gathering in just four days, many of you, of us with family or friends, loved ones, and maybe if not on Thanksgiving, hopefully sometime over this next week. And it's important for us to give thanks. As individuals, it's important to do that as a family, maybe as a small group here at Boiling Springs that you're close to. Uh, The group of men were able to do that some this last weekend as we were away, and we can do that here this morning, and we'll have that opportunity as a church family this morning. But on Thursday, we'll spend some time with some family, and uh, we'll be faced with some uh, numerous temptations, not only around food, uh, but also around uh, the temptation to needle one another about petty annoyances. And as I thought about this, uh, I found something this week that was uh, by a lady named Emily Alford of her website called The Daily Meal. And she lists, and I'm not going to list all 10 of them, but she lists the top 10 keep quiet Say nothing, Thanksgiver, Thanksgiving dinner table topics. Again, the top 10, keep quiet, say nothing, Thanksgiving dinner table topics. And I'll share just a few of these. One is sports. Sports used to be safe, but now with the kneeling and the anthem, it's, it, it's not, it, you know, it's, and the problem's not going to be solved while we're passing the mashed potatoes. And so it, it may be that even this year, we can't necessarily talk about sports in the way that we would like to. Another uh, potential problem conversation piece could be future plans because one family member may be bragging about a new job promotion while the other one is trying to figure out what they're going to do to feed their family next week. And so you've got this piece and you've got in the midst of future plans, you've got maybe somebody who hasn't tied the knot yet and you're, you're putting pressure on them about why they haven't done this. Uh, and then you've got people that, uh, you know, care about our health and we care about our other family members' health, but Thanksgiving dinner is not the time to talk about colonoscopies. It's just not, um, you know, um, 
you've got uh, the topic of weight gain. We just know, I don't need to explain that, that why that's not a good idea. Um, and then the host cooking, that's not something to talk about. If you didn't do anything to buy it or to go get it or to cook it, then just be quiet, just eat it, okay? Um, stop criticizing the food. And then the other one is money. It wouldn't be good to start a conversation with Dave Ramsey says. That's probably not a good conversation piece to have around uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And then the number one, keep quiet, say nothing, Thanksgiving dinner topic is politics. That's right. There's no need to get the whole table riled up over health care or gun control or immigration or a Donald Trump tweet. No matter how you may feel about these topics, don't go there. Okay? Are you with me? And yet in today's scripture... And yet in today's scripture, okay, let's move on now. <laughs> in today's scripture, Paul shows up four days before our holiday feast telling Timothy and us to be in thanksgiving and prayer for everyone, even those who don't see things like we do, especially our political leaders. Paul says that in there in 2 Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter two, for political leaders and all those in authority, his reasoning is that a stable nation provides for a stable life. But his words of instruction were difficult to hear even in his own day. The entire Christian community was under the control of the Roman government. And many had felt the sting of oppression and the weight of tyranny. And yet Paul urges a spirit of prayer and a spirit of thanksgiving in our prayer for the leaders. Paul believed that a stable government would, be create, would create a better environment for the church's work. It doesn't take a uh, scholar or a uh, Bible student for uh, many number of years to read through the letters and notice a common theme in Paul's writings. And that is at the beginning of almost all of his letters and near the end of almost all of his letters and scattered throughout the middle of them are words that either say thanks, thanksgiving, thankfulness, giving of thanks. There's different ways. I counted about 50 in the past few weeks of different ways that Paul expresses thankfulness in his letters. Sounds like a pretty important thing if Paul mentioned it that often. But these words of thanks and thanksgiving and thankfulness are used by a man who at times sat in a jail cell while he heard steps coming towards him, not knowing if those would be the steps that would lead him to his execution. Let's not forget that. You think, oh, Paul was just a great servant of the Lord and he was called to do this, and yes, he was. But yet Paul often wrote words of thanksgiving when he sat in a jail cell, not knowing when his life would end. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of the dank, cramped prison cell. And not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the pain of the iron manacles cutting into his wrist and legs. Separated from his friends and unjustly accused, brutally treated, if ever, a, if ever a person, if ever a prisoner had the right to complain, it was Paul. Languishing, almost forgotten in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang with words of praise and thanksgiving. The apostle Paul, a man who had learned the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of great adversity, wrote the words that he did in Ephesians when he was um, imprisoned in Rome to the church in Ephesus. He wrote these words, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of it, always giving thanks for everything, no matter the circumstances. Thanksgiving for the Apostle Paul was not just one day of the week. It was not just a once a year celebration, excuse me, but a daily reality that changed his life and made him a joyful person in every situation. Do you have some people like that in your life? There's some people like that here in this church and I love it. I wish we could all have that spirit about us. Some, it comes easier than others, but some, they may be going through the most difficult times and they'll, and they'll even tell you that they are, but yet there's this sense of joy and thankfulness about the simple things. And it's those people that humble, humble us and those, it's, those, it's those people who bring us back uh, down from living up here in the clouds and back down to reality about the things that are most important. Paul has a lot to say about giving thanks and another example of this is found uh, in Romans chapter one. And in that chapter, 
some would say that there are a list of sins that Paul uh, begins to talk about in Romans 1. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and what we hear uh, in this chapter in verse 21 are these words. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. There's something noteworthy about this list of sins and the fact that unthankfulness is mentioned at the beginning of this list. Never thought about unthankfulness being a sin, but yet Paul says here in Romans 121, for even though they knew God, we would like to all think and others that we, that we know God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. Is Paul saying that a lack of thankfulness leads quickly into other forms of ungodliness? There may be a case for an argument there. The question is, can you and I join with Paul and give thanks amid our circumstances? Whatever they may be. There's something about a spirit of thankfulness that helps us move forward in Christian growth and maturity. Um, I wanted to share with you just a couple things that, uh, one story that I know you haven't heard and one that some of you have heard, but in the past, when I think about what I, when I put my seed in the, in the bowl here in a few moments of what I'm thankful for in the last year, is the fact that my dad's health has improved. Many of you know uh, last year about this time or just a few weeks from now, he, he found himself with a very serious uh, blood clot in his lungs and from that he developed and learned some other things about his health that were at times discouraging. But yet today he has uh, not only found out what's been going on with, him, with his body and been able to take some medicine that has helped with that and is doing better than he was a year ago. And so I'm grateful, grateful for that and I'll be putting a seed in the bowl and giving God praise and thanks for that in just a moment. The other thing that I don't think I've ever shared with the church family is that in 2006, in April, about the 18th, Renee started, uh, she went into labor. And 36 hours later, we were wondering why we did not have our new addition yet. Um, doctor came in and told us that uh, Aiden was of such size and, but was not positioned right and that um, they were gonna try to, to move him to help with a natural childbirth, but that didn't, that couldn't happen. And so this wasn't part of the plan. And so I know C-sections happen very regularly now and it's not, you know, um, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, major news for others, but it was for us at the time. I found myself uh, standing outside the, the door in tears because I didn't want Renee to see me when she needed me to be strong for her. But the doctor said, we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to have surgery and there's no way, you, we can't have a natural childbirth, we're gonna have to have surgery. And so I know other moms have heard that, but when you're standing there, or the dad, and you're standing there and you're hearing this, it, it, you, know, you, you think everything's gonna be okay, but there's still an, 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 uh, a sense of uh, uh, fright or concern that you have maybe that's not so much with a regular childbirth. And so uh, the doctors told us that we're gonna have to operate. And so I went from being uh, uh, the scared, tearful, uh, man outside the, outside the door. Um, I was afraid for Renee and, and, and for Aiden, but just a few uh, minutes or maybe a couple hours later, my, my concern went from fear to dancing. That's right. Uh, you had a, a preacher, a Baptist preacher that was dancing there in, in the hospital uh, when everything was, uh, was fine and Renee gave birth to a healthy baby boy weighing nine pounds and 10 ounces and 23 and three fourths inches long. Um, and he's still, <laughs> he's still keeping track with that. He's right up, he's right up to my Adam's apple now, and he's not here today due to, due to an ear infection. But I share those things with you just as an example of thinking about things not only from our recent past in this last year, but things from our past, and for some of you it may have been a few years ago, for some it may have been decades ago, that uh, you are still to this day grateful for how God moved and how God worked in your life at this time, uh, and maybe you need such a service in such a time as this to remind you of those times in your life uh, that you are grateful, whether it was for the birth of a new family member, maybe it was for the reconciliation or the restoration of a relationship, uh, maybe it was for just a new job and a new career change that was just a world changer, a game changer for your family. It may have been a lot of different things. But this morning you have um, the five kernels and now that I've given them all out, I don't have mine. But you have five kernels, and I wanna share with you a story. 
Um, the Thanksgiving kernel tradition dates back to the year 1621. Some of you may have heard this before, I'm not sure. But when, when the pilgrims endured one of the harshest winters uh, at that time, the people were cold and starving due to a lack of resources. And according to tradition, the people were so hungry that at one point they were given only five kernels of corn on their plates. Later, a ship came in and they were able to trade fur pelts for corn. This morning, we have bowls here on each side of the altar and then one on each side of the communion table. And if you are able, in just a few moments, I ask you to consider bringing one kernel to place in one of the bowls. This kernel represents, again, something that you were thankful for from the past, from this last year, from this past year. And you could say a silent prayer, whether it's there in your, on your um, on your pew or as you're walking down the aisle or if you want to pause at a moment for the altar, a a, a prayer of thanks, a prayer of praise uh, as you offer this kernel. This this week, you will most likely see uh, family members or friends, community members, uh, people as you gather for a meal. I want to challenge you to do something. There's going to be no homework, no follow-up, and some of you are going to say, this is just silly and I'm not going to do it, and that's okay. But you you will have four other kernels in your little bag. And I would encourage you, you never know what it might mean to someone to offer to those, to find four different people and offer a kernel to each of those individuals and to tell them face to face why you are thankful for them. Um, I don't know what kernels do over the years. So if they choose to set that kernel up in a little special place or put it in a little bowl or something so they'll remember the day that you thank them for whatever it is you thank them for. I don't know what will happen to that kernel over the years. Some of you farmers can tell me later, but it may be that the loved one that you give that kernel to may want to set that kernel aside. And when they look at that little kernel, most people would have no idea what it means, but they would remember the day that you spoke with them and maybe shared some very personal things with them in a way that you don't normally do at Thanksgiving. And so I want you to be challenged this morning to offer one as an offering to the Lord in just in a few moments, but then take those other four kernels and then give them to someone over these Thanksgiving holidays. In today's passage, Paul clearly encourages prayer and he encourages it in a spirit of thanksgiving. He also stresses and underlines the great universality of the gospel. And as we begin to close, I want to remind us of that. Prayers, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Did you catch all these different words? For everyone, for all who are in positions. God desires all, he desires everyone to be saved. Jesus gave his life as a ransom for all. We were reminded of Paul's words last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, that through Christ, God has recon- is reconciling the world unto himself. We were also reminded that God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Today and each day, I'm thankful for the salvation that I have in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that God in his great love for me and for the world had a plan in place, parts of which sometimes we always we're wondering, it's a mystery, we're curious about the plan. We know the, the uh, nuts and bolts of the plan, that we messed up along the way, that we're not perfect, and that God sent us his son, Jesus Christ, to be the savior for our sins and for the sins of the world. It's not just for a select few, it's not for people in a certain economic bracket, it's not for certain people in a certain country, but it's for all humankind. It's for everyone, and Paul stresses that here in today's passage as well. We should not let a day go by without thanking God for his love, for his mercy, and for his grace. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your love as it's been manifested in your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for friends and family who exhibit that love to each of us. I thank you for church leaders and ministers who have invested in us, who have preached and who have taught and so that we can learn and so that we can grow. Lord, help us all, not only this day, but in the days ahead and as we gather with family to cultivate a true spirit of thankfulness, to realize that uh, many of the things that we have been given are not on our our own accord, but Lord, they are straight from you. Help us to, to thank you, Lord, for not only provision, but for friends, for family, And help us to thank you for the love, the great love that you have bestowed upon us, reconciling us to you through your son, Jesus Christ, and his death and resurrection. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this day. And we thank you for your son. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. If you are here today and you've been visiting with us or this could be your first time with us, but you would like to talk with us about membership at Boiling Springs Baptist, we would love to do that. I would love to have that conversation with you. If you're here today and maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I can't think of a greater uh, gift and uh, to, to, to be a greater way to express your gratitude for what God has done for you than to commit your life to him today. Let's stand. We're going to stand and sing hymn number 371. Now thank we all our God. And during this hymn, I invite all of those who are willing. And if you can't or don't and can't walk down physically, feel free to give your seat to someone else. And there are bowls here on each side of the communion table. And I'm just going to be off to the side here if you desire to talk with me. But as we stand and sing, you take your seed, place it in the bowl and say that prayer of thanks for something that's happened this last year. Let's stand and sing together. Before we leave today, let me remind you of what Alan mentioned. I need to ring a bell. Um, I won't do that. Uh, that tonight at six o'clock in the LEC is a great time of food and fellowship with our friends from the Garden Web community and maybe some others just from the community. Anyone's welcome. Please come. The church has provided the bread, the meat and drinks. Bring a side dessert with you and come and just uh, enjoy the fellowship. It'll be a great time with some great food. And so please come invite others to join you this evening. There'll be plenty. Also, let me remind you that this Wednesday, we will not have today activities or services both Wednesday evening or the Wednesday at 11 a.m. prayer meeting. So we encourage you to spend as much time with family and friends as you can. 
Let me also mention that uh, next Sunday afternoon, we'll have the Boiling Springs Christmas Parade. Some preparations have been made and those preparations are looking pretty good for a float for Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Now we won't be able to put a lot of people on the float, but we do need more people to walk beside the float and then we can have a few in the truck and in the back of the truck that will be pulling the float. So if that is of interest to you, please let me know, let Ellen or Alan know, and we will talk this week and, and make plans accordingly. Also, uh, next Monday, not, what's today, today's Sunday? Not this Monday, but n- the next Monday, um, uh, the staff have to help me sometimes, uh, that next Monday, the 26th, we'll be decorating the sanctuary for Christmas. And so if that, if you can help with that, it'll start at 9 a.m. A, uh, lunch provided soup will be provided. And so, uh, just come and plan on doing that. If you can, that is a week from tomorrow. And now I also want to give Ellen just a, just a quick moment. Um, just keep standing. She'll be quick and we'll, we'll conclude in just a second. Over the past few weeks, some of you may have seen a notice in your Sunday school book, your envelope, or in the current. As a staff, we met several months ago with a recommendation or a suggestion from the children that we help our children understand more about the children that are sitting beside them at school. So we decided that we would focus on the children sitting beside them at school. And we would do shoeboxes for them. Children that come to the food closet, families, grandparents who are raising children, grandchildren. So Wednesday night, the children and the youth took what we had already received We took an empty box and we filled it. The same things that we might possibly send to Samaritan's Purse. We want our children to understand that the child sitting beside them needs our love as well as the children in Africa and India. Each box gets a manger scene, a book that says Christ the Savior is born. And we are filling cups because that is one thing we can do locally that we can't do, Samaritan's Purse, with candy. This will continue until December the 10th. We will start giving them out in the food closet on the first Tuesday of December. And then we will give those that are needed to the Boiling Springs Elementary School. When a little child looks up at you on Wednesday night and says, Miss Ellen, where is my box going? And I kneel down and look at her and I say, to a child on Oak Street. I get a hug and a smile. That's why we chose to do local boxes. That little girl knew that another little girl might get her box and it would make her Christmas happy. Thank you. Let me also remind you, Tuesday night, community Thanksgiving service. Our church will join with Trinity Baptist, Flint Hill Baptist, and New and Green Bethel, start to say New Bethel, Green Bethel Baptist Church at Trinity this year at 6.30, am I right? on Tuesday night, so plan to be here for that. Receive now the following benediction and in the choir will, in the congregation will sing a choral benediction response. We began this worship, let's pray together. We began this worship event with thanksgiving and I call on you now to move out into the world with thanksgiving. Let thanksgiving enhance the joys you experience. Let thanksgiving transcend the pains you may suffer. Let thanksgiving sweeten the duties you must perform. Let thanksgiving underpin even the griefs you may have to endure. Give thanks to our God who is good, whose love stands firm forever.